And finding the purpose is what drives you then to the passion, the life that you were meant to live, which then opens up all these opportunities. Confidence is clarity. Once you are clear on your feelings, on your goals, on your thoughts, on your ideas, that's where the confidence comes from. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the 52 Weeks of Me podcast. I'm Jacqueline Osborne. And I'm Erica Brooks. This podcast is a platform for men and women to share their challenges and lessons they face throughout their journey toward achieving greater life balance through the four pillars of health and, of course, prioritizing the number one asset, you. Amazing. Let's get started. Claudia, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to have you. To help get us started, can you tell us a little little bit about yourself? I'm Claudia Wyatt. I am a coach, speaker, and a writer. I have been in the wellness industry for over 20 years, but I'm a certified confidence and life purpose coach. And my goal in life is to help people find their inspiration and discover their own purpose by inspiring themselves. It's always in there. And we'll come back to life purpose coach, but I want to talk about this journey. You mentioned that you've always been in the the wellness industry, but you haven't always been a coach. Can you talk a little bit about the journey to get there? I actually have been a coach my whole life and didn't know it is basically where that came from. I've always been good with people. I've always wanted to help people be better, find their way out of a problem and just lean on them and have them lean on me to become a support system. So it was always in me. I just didn't know that was what I was doing. But in my journey of wellness itself, I am an actual esthetician. I've been practicing for about 23 years. So in the room with clients, people would uncover. They would expose all of themselves and they would talk. And in that process, I would help them through not only on the outer of what we were working on to make them feel confident and stand in their own power, but work through the inside. Because I was one of the only people who would just listen, person who would help them tell them what to do in their life. Like I was just completely objective and I could just say, okay, that's not really what's going on here. And they would go, okay, you are actually relating to me and I have someone who is supporting me, which is great. So from that, I started working with teams. I've always been in a management role in my entire life, no matter what I was doing. Again, there came the coaching, but didn't realize it. And from there, I was able to help teams understand how to build relationships with their clients, with people in their own lives, and work on their actual goals of where they wanted their careers to go, where they wanted their lives to go, where they wanted their dreams to go. And a lot of people don't make that connection that your personal and your professional goals actually go together and they fuel each other. So once I uncovered that for them, they were like, oh, this makes complete sense. And it also helps that I worked in the trenches with them literally every day. I'm like, I have done this. I know exactly what works because I have lived through it. So try it. And they would be a little resistant at first, but then once they would do it, I go, see, I told you. I'm like, I've done it. I have my own life experience in this whole thing. So I'm giving you these lessons based on things that I have learned, mistakes that I have made, celebrations that have happened and victories. These are all part of the process. So talking about your own life experiences, I, I think it's interesting or interesting is not the right word, but one of the things we've went through is your your own lived experiences. You're coming out not just one, but two toxic marriages. You're coming out of this place of darkness and you turned it around. So can you talk a little bit about that journey to the darkness and then out of it? That was a really difficult path in my life. This last one really knocked me off my rocker for sure. 
I have been a strong person my entire life. I grew up as the youngest of three, but there's about a 17-year gap between us. So I kind of grew up as an only child, too. And with my parents being so much older, they had kind of instilled this value in me that I needed to learn how to take care of myself because they were older. Whether that's good or bad, still, I haven't quite figured out, but I'm happy with the person that I've become. In that process, anyone that's ever met me or known me has said, you're one of the strongest people I've ever met. You'll be fine. Well, there was a time in my life when things got hard. They got real, real hard because I was in a place where I didn't know who I was. I had lost that part of myself because I had given so much to another person who was a narcissist and a gaslighter. And therefore, I was starting to think things were my fault that weren't my fault. I was becoming this person who I didn't even recognize at all. And instead of being able to pull myself out of it, I got further and further down the hole. And then there were some deaths in my family and all of these things just kept picking away at me until I just felt lost. And it was easier just to avoid and ignore and be in zombie mode and go through the motions to get up and just basically go to work every day. So I made sure I did those things, but I couldn't do anything else. And no one really knew how to deal with me at that point because that wasn't who they knew. Well, it wasn't who I knew either. And I was like, I don't know who this person is, but I don't like her, but I can't figure out how to get out of it. And one day, something just clicked. Whether it was a word that something had been said to me or a feeling, but I was going on a walk and I was like, I don't want this anymore. I'm tired of not leaving my house. I'm not, I'm tired of not having any ambition. I don't remember who I was. And I feel weird. I feel strange. I don't feel like myself and I don't like it. And in that moment, I decided I'm done with this and it's time to start pulling myself out. And I went through this whole journey of self-care, which I'm a big believer in, and journaling and affirmations and coaches to help me understand patterns that I had been through and break through those things and exercise again. I mean, I could barely pull myself off the couch some days. I had enough energy to go to work and do my job, which was also very physical and mental, and take on everybody else's stuff. I had had so much of everybody else's stuff, I couldn't get to my own. And I had to let that go for a minute and take a step back and go, you have to start working on yourself or you're going to keep making these same mistakes. You're going to keep having this exhaustion take over and you're never going to get where you want to be. And I knew I was meant for more. I knew I had more in me, but I needed to escape the chains of where I was stuck in. And one day it just clicked. And that's kind of what I do now is I really help other people uncover these things so they don't have to go through the same stuff that I went through for so long. This was a huge path of about 12 years for me that just kept getting worse and worse, and I kept getting more lost. But it was a choice that I made one day. I could have easily said, I'm just going to stay in this. It's fine. I mean, I have what I need. My life is is fine. There's nothing wrong with me. There's, you know, I have money to pay my bills. I I, I don't have a reason to not be grateful. But that wasn't the purpose that I was meant for. And I knew it. And that was why it was always still kind of picking at me like, this isn't you. This isn't meant for you. This isn't what you're supposed to be doing. And one day I listened and I broke through it. And it's been amazing. (laughs) I mean, so many great things have happened to me since then. I can't be more grateful. But I needed to go through those lessons and I needed to allow myself to appreciate, understand, and respect the process. And once I did that and realized it was okay for me to feel all of these things, but I didn't need to live in it. 
that's when I stepped through and said, okay, I get it. I see where I've come from. I know where I'm going. I know where I've been. Now it's time to push forward. And then I found my own courage and my own strength and I did. So you went from a role of basically being everyone's sounding board, right? Where people were coming in, they were seeing you for whatever sort of thing they were doing to themselves to make themselves feel better on the outside. And they were talking about their insides. And then all of a sudden you come to this realization that's time for you to focus on yourself as well. Like not to paraphrase if that's, you know, right? Yeah. How did you take the lessons you learned that you were giving to other people and then bring those into what you were then starting to work on for yourself? I was starting to listen to myself, which was what was part of the problem. I was really good at giving advice to other people, which is great. We all can do that. You can always see it from the other person. Then it's easier to see from your own self, right? So once I started actually listening to myself and going, okay, you're telling these people to do these things. What are you doing? Practice what you preach. Like, hello, get on it. So then I would go, okay. And I would take little notes. I have no, I love paper. Sorry for people who don't love paper, but I love paper. I have post-its everywhere. And I would write things down that would pop into my head. And those would be things that I would either meditate on or visualize on or practice on so that I could embody what I was teaching other people. So you've mentioned meditation, journaling, uh, visualization. What other sort of things did you do to help internalize that advice that you were giving to other people for yourself? Well, first of all, I'm a big believer in all kinds of wellness treatments, right? Acupuncture, chiropractics, massage, cupping, facials, all of it, body treatments, nails, hair, all of it. Making myself feel better on the outside was definitely a big key point on the inside. And they do work hand in hand. I'm all up for trying any kind of treatment. Crystal therapy, you know, vibration therapy, grounding. I jumped into all of those things at the same time because I realized I had all this time. I was just wasting. I was wasting it doing nothing. So when you realize you have all this time for these things that you think you don't have time for, it's not that you don't have time for them. You just don't have energy for them. That's usually what it is. But those things will give you that energy back. They're giving you your power back because they're healing you. I also worked with a love coach because that was a big problem for me. Let's be real. I had a big pattern that needed to be broken in relationships that I was allowing as well. You can't just blame the other person and be like, it's them. It's all them. Yeah, they definitely had some stuff, but I allowed it. So once you realize how you want to be treated and set your core values and all the things that mean something to you and then live by them, it changes the game. So those are part of it. Journaling is huge for me. It's part of my morning and evening routine. I journal about everything. I'm a writer. So that was one of the best things of where my journey started was writing and getting mm -hmm. my feelings out and expressing thoughts and ideas that I'd had. Affirmations are huge. I'm a big believer in affirmations and mirror work. You need to say those things and believe them. And you need to look at yourself and understand gratitude, forgiveness. All of those things are huge. They were all part of my process. I did everything. If there was something that was supposed to be done to help me be better, I was doing it. It didn't matter what it was. You just have to start with one and then it grows and it becomes part of you. And now they are, for the most part, all of my morning and evening routines. They are in there in my life every day at some point because they mean something and they're important to me. So fast forward, you finally decided to take your own advice and you invested in yourself. What did you do next? Now you're feeling good. You've got your energy back. You're, you're vibrant. You're ready to, to take on more. How did you start that journey to becoming a life and purpose coach? What did you do first? 
Um, honestly, it sort of fell into my lap. This was the plan. Surprise, when you start getting your alignment together, everything starts coming your way. Law of attraction, right there. Basically, the writing was the beginning. I started writing and putting these things down, these thoughts, these feelings, my experiences, the struggles that I've had down. So I started posting these things and people started responding to them saying, you know what, I've been there. I feel that you've helped me so much today. Thank you. And I was like, huh, people seem to think I have something to say. So I kept doing that. Well, then that turned into people finding out I really like to talk and asking me to be on all these podcasts. So I did one. I was like, hmm, I've never done one before, but I always do things that are different and new and fun, and I like to try new things. So I was like, sure, why not? So when I did it, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I can talk to all these people. Fantastic. So I started doing more of those, which I love, which led into conferences. And I was kind of working on little things. I had a, a group of friends, um, were a bunch of writers that were together and we would get together and they're like, Claudia, why don't you start your own business? I'm like, I'm not doing that right now. I'm like, I'm trying to focus on one thing at a time. You know, everybody else had their own companies and they're like, you should totally be doing that. I'm like, eh, I'll get to it. I'll have a plan. I want to get my ducks in a row. And then all of a sudden people were like, so are you coaching? I would really like you to coach me. And I was like, oh. Not yet. Can you pause for just a minute? And I'm like, you need to get this into full gear, like right now. So I started the process. You know, I had two certifications I really wanted to get. And yes, you don't need a, a certification, but it was something that was important to me. It was part of my journey to accomplish that. I like learning. I like studying. So I went in and learned two different techniques and approaches and got these certifications for confidence as well as life purpose, which was cool because it really helped me kind of understand the process a little bit more. Like I said, I'd been coaching for years, but I just kind of coach. I don't do a one-size-fits-all method, and I still don't, which is really, really cool. I like people who have different things and different aspects and to put those together. So I used my training and my experience and put that together and made my own method. So let's take a step back. Now that we've got this great story, we heard about how it fell in your lap. You did it way before you, you were planning to. You've launched your own business. And you said earlier you are a life purpose coach. Can we talk about, I don't know if I've heard that terminology before, what exactly is a life purpose coach? A purpose for me is the thing inside me that I knew I was meant for. I couldn't put my finger on it, right? It was like I knew that there was something bigger out there for me. There was something more. There was something more I could do with these gifts that I had and this power in my own voice. First of all, I had to discover that I had that power in my voice. I knew I had it for myself, but I didn't know I had it for other people. That's part of the purpose in there is finding your own. And the cool thing is everyone already has a purpose inside them. They just have to figure it out, which is exactly what I had to do. I had to figure it out. I just kept saying, I know I'm meant for something better or bigger or cooler or whatever. I just know I'm meant for more. And my friends kept looking at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, just wait for it, okay? Just wait for it. It's coming. I don't know what it is yet, but it's coming. I'm going to figure it out. And that's part of the process in discovering that purpose, that passion, that thing that you were meant for, that fire that's inside of you. And once you discover it, which mine, again, sort of just happened around me, I know how to pinpoint those questions and ask people these things that are actually going to show them that's what you're meant to do. And they're like, oh, it's that easy. Yes, we make it so much harder than it has to be. We think it's this thing in the sky that we have to like, you know, get up on a ladder and pull down. We don't. It's right there. We just have to get all the junk out of the way. It's like hoarders, right? Declutter. 
Declutter your brain, declutter your heart, declutter your life, and it's sitting right in front of you. It's the thing that you've been looking for. It's the keys you were trying to find, but you couldn't find them because there was such a mess around you. It's right there. And finding the purpose is what drives you then to the passion, the life that you were meant to live, which then opens up all these opportunities. Like for me, it was obviously the coaching and the speaking and the writing and and meeting people and podcasts and, and conferences that I'm doing. This is where it came from. This was part of it, but it was already in me. I just didn't know it. We heard something earlier actually today about, you know, identify the feeling you want and then the what brings that to you. I mean, you are radiating joy and excitement. And it it sounds as if you've done exactly that. And I'm wondering what tips, tricks, advice, micro steps, whatever you want to call it, do you have for our listeners who haven't yet found their purpose? How could they start? What's the very first thing they should do? I would say the first thing that you need to do is you need to write down how you feel. I was never a big person who described or showcased my feelings very well, except for energy, excitement, anger. Those were the ones I was really, really good at. But there's more in there. And you have to experience all of them to figure out what's going on with yourself. And those are the first things that I would recommend is take those little steps and just write down every day, like do a self-check-in. How am I feeling today? And if you're feeling frustrated or sad or angry or super happy, why are you feeling that way? That's the key. You have to discover the why in the feeling because your feelings are relative. Your feelings are important. When people tell you, well, that doesn't matter. They're your feelings, so they do matter. That is actually your feeling. So it belongs to you. No one can take that away from you. Those are the things that you need to discover. And then once you get your head wrapped around how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way, you can write about it. You can dance about it. You can sing. You can, you know, take a walk. You can exercise. You can do literally anything you want with it. And from there, start appreciating all of those things. Gratitude is number two, a hundred percent, regardless of how you're feeling, because people think that their feelings are either good or bad. And that's the only categories that there are. That's not true. That's not true at all. The good and the bad actually come from each other. And there's a whole lot in between. And when you look into that gray area and you discover, okay, these are the reasons I'm feeling this way. This is the why that I'm feeling this way. Now, what do I want to do with it? That is the other key. The practice of understanding and then stepping into it. The problem that I had is that I was really good about pushing a lot of those feelings down. They're always going to come back up, just so you know. You might think that you're putting those away and putting them in your pocket and saving them for later. Absolutely not. They're going to show up at the worst possible time and you're going to lose control. And that was another thing I had to work on, letting go of control. I'm type A. I feel like I need to be in control of everything. I'm a fixer. I was always, well, I can fix it. I can fix it. I can fix it. You can't fix everything. You can want to fix everything, which is great. That's That means you have good intentions. However, you got to let go of the fact that some things are completely out of your control and it's okay. Once you have those three things, you're going to make your life a lot easier because you're not fighting yourself all the time. You're not fighting your feelings. You're not fighting your thoughts. You're not fighting the control or the lack thereof. You're just letting it happen. It's being in flow and appreciating you for all that you are. That's number four. 
appreciation, appreciation for the good things that have happened to you and the bad things. Because even if they're bad, you learn something from them. Had I not gone through all that dark stuff, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here where I am right now because I wouldn't have had anything to share with the rest of you. I wouldn't have had a path to go on that would tell you, guess what? Yeah, your path sucks right now, but if you take a couple more steps, you get to the other side. And on the other side is where all cool stuff happens, where all magic stuff happens. It's the stuff that you've been waiting for. You just have to give yourself that opportunity and let go of the things that you can't control. That's where the freedom happens. That's where the freedom begins. That's where the freedom continues. You're chaining yourself to yourself is basically what you're doing. Let it go. You don't have to. Every, everything that everybody does on a daily basis, you don't have to do. You get to do a lot of cool things. You get to do a lot of bad things too, unfortunately. However, they're all part of the process. It's when you let go of that, I have to, I have to, I have to, your life opens up and expands because you're not so stuck in the have to. Have to is not how anybody wants to live their life. Get to, want to. Those are things that you do, you get to do that are awesome, right? It's a great segue to the second thing you talked about two certifications, one in purpose and the other one in confidence. So let's talk about confidence. If I could put confidence into a visual, I feel like I would draw you. You would be surprised that I have heard this before. Oh, really? So let's run with it. Confidence. You know, to me, confidence is one of those words that it's often perceived as black and white, but we know there's so much more to it. And I'd love your take on both maybe two questions in one. What is confidence? And more importantly, how do you start to move in that direction? How do you improve your one's confidence? Confidence is a lot of things. I don't know that it's just one thing, but for me, confidence is clarity. Once you are clear on your feelings, on your goals, on your thoughts, on your ideas, that's where the confidence comes from. Every single person in the world is good at something. When you are good at something, you feel different. I don't care if it's tying your shoes. You are good at something. So I don't want to hear, not me, I'm not good at anything. That's a lie. You're lying to yourself. That's not true. You can literally be good at brushing your hair. Look at stylists. That's what they do. They brush their hair better than other people because they know how to do it, right? It's clarity. Once you understand, you learn, you grow, you make mistakes, you try again, all of those things provide this feeling and it just bubbles up from the ground, right? And you start to go, huh, this is what it feels like to be confident. Now, what you don't realize is once you get a hold of that feeling, you can put it into anything in your life. You can put it to any perspective. You can put it to any feeling. You can put it to any movement. And you run with it. You're 100% right. You take it and you go somewhere with it. Confidence is a feeling. It's a part of you, but it comes from clarity. And people think that, well, they just I'm just not as confident as you, or I'm not like you, or I've never met anyone as confident as you. I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know what I've been through. And I stand up and I support me. And I am 100% a cheerleader for me. If you do that, you have confidence. And then you have a skill or, you know, an idea or something or a dream and you start putting pieces together for it. It's just like with anything. When you learn a new project, you learn a new skill, the cooler it becomes that you're starting to understand all those pieces and how they fit together, does it not become more clear? And when it becomes more clear, it starts to become more exciting and there's an energy involved in it and you start to go, this is really kind of fun. 
It's like when I was building my website, I had no clue what I was doing. I'm not a tech person at all. But once I started kind of putting those pieces together, I was like, huh, this is cool. I think I can do this. I know I can do this. And I started putting it together and I'm like, this is cool. It looks cool. Check it out. I'm confident. I know that I can do it. But I just had to try. And part of confidence is the fact that you're holding yourself back from making a mistake. Who cares? Make it. Make the mistakes. Make a hundred of them. I make tons of them all the time. I'm like, oh, that wasn't the right idea. Or, oh, that was the wrong number. Or, oh, whatever. But I saw it and I corrected it. And then I went forward. When you get stuck in that, I made a mistake and your whole world just crumbles because of it. I don't know who told you that mistakes were failure, but they're not. Mistakes are the biggest part of growth you can possibly get because they help you discover and uncover and explore yourself. So make as many as you can. Patterns and mistakes are different. If you keep making the same pattern over and over again, like me, I was dating the same kind of people while I was marrying them. You know, I go big or go home. I was going to marry them. I wasn't just going to date them, right? I had to uncover why I kept doing that. Where was that coming from? Sometimes you have to take a step back and reflect. And your mind needs to be clear in order for you to do that because you get caught up in all these spinning things. But the confidence was always there. It just has certain times in its in your life where it hides. It hides from you. That's when you have to go back into your steps and bring it back out. And then once it's out, this is what you get. It's out all the time. Regardless, I know I am not good at everything. I don't claim to be perfect. I don't try to be perfect. I try to enjoy every aspect of what I'm doing. If it's hard, I'm going to make it more fun and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to grow. And in that aspect, the confidence comes out because I know I will eventually get it. And if I don't get it, I'm confident enough in my own self to ask for help and say, you know what? You're awesome at this. Could you maybe just work me through it? And that's okay. It is not a thing that you don't know everything and that's the only thing that makes you confident. That's not true. None of us can know everything. It's not possible. But it's the fact of the process and the journey and wanting to. I've heard the word perfect a few times and it's making me think about perfectionism and this misconception or this myth of perfectionism is a good thing. And I'm just curious your view on that. I don't like it at all. (laughs) It's something that we've put ourselves on a pedestal to get to, right? Like we're going to get to this perfect place. We're going to be perfect. We're going to be imperfect. I would just like to be happy. That's all I ever asked for was I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be happy in anything that I was doing. I wanted to keep learning and growing and I wanted to have fun. Perfectionism is going to hold you back and it's going to keep you stuck because if you are working on, let's say, a paper, you're writing something and it's going to be the greatest thing ever and you keep writing it and you keep editing it, keep going and keep going and keep going until it's perfect. Who defines perfect exactly? Is it you Are you keeping yourself stuck because you're going to keep rewriting this until it's perfect? Or is it fine? It's fine. Or is it someone else that you were trying to be perfect for? Because that's a whole nother issue. Perfectionism is something that will always keep you locked down. If you want to stay small, keep staying perfect because that will keep you smaller than ever. Because you're never going to get to that goal because it isn't a thing. It's not real. It's like a figment of your imagination that we have created to make this whole world perfect. 
this person looks perfect, this person acts perfect, this, you know, house is perfect, this job is perfect. I don't know if anybody has ever experienced life before, but explain to me how your day is perfect. Because I could get up this morning and have a whole plan of what I was going to do, and one phone call, one text, one email can blow the whole thing. So if you get lost in this perfection mode, what's going to happen? You're going to destruct. You're going to self-destruct and you're going to self-destruct hard because you're living up to something that doesn't exist. You should just be defining your day, your life, your feelings, your happiness by what lights you up. The process is going to be messy. I don't care what it is. But in that process, you learned something. Maybe you had some fun. Maybe you made a new friend. You got a new idea. You thought of something that you hadn't thought of before because you thought outside the box because you weren't caught up in being perfect. So you got to let that go because it's not going to do you any good. And unfortunately, once again, we're, we are out of time. So going to jump to, to our close, if you can recommend one book and or one piece of advice, what would it be? The best book I can tell you that helped me in the beginning of my journey was a book called Undermind. And it's actually by my mentor. That was the start of it all for me. It's I like books that are workbooks. And so it really helps you identify all aspects of your life in a numbering type situation and then dig into those things. And you know what? Enjoy the process of digging deep into your own self. It's going to be cool. It's going to be hard. It's going to be messy. But when you uncover those things, it's a huge breakthrough. So enjoy it. And then finally, Claudia, how can people find you online? Where's that website you just talked about? (laughs) My website, yes, with my blog on it for motivational things and my programs is uh, ClaudiaWyatt.com. So you can find it very easy. It's my name. It's great. I'm also on LinkedIn under Claudia Wyatt. And I'm on Instagram at CLWDoll. Come find me. Excellent. It was so great to have you. Your energy is contagious. I think I'm going to end the day on a high. This is one that's not going to disrupt. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. I appreciate you guys so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoy participating in the conversation. Now your homework is to be sure to like, subscribe, and let us know what you thought about today's discussion. And of course, find us online, 52weeksofme.net, with the number 5 and the number 2, and at Instagram at 52weeksofme, spelled out. Again, we love emails, so email us at 52weeksofme, spelled out, at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you all soon. Bye! Bye.